I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! Well, we are calling it Tony Perrin will be in the top three of I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And that may seem like a smart prediction, but to be honest with you, anybody watching the show will know it's uh, blindingly obvious what a boring lot they are this year. Wonderful and kind. Yep, absolutely. Actually, they really are a, a beautiful set of people. But where's the conflict? And frankly, where are the celebrities? It really is a very poor season. Unless you enjoy watching a group of very typical, wonderful, warm, encouraging Australians sitting around in a camp, loving each other unconditionally. You may like that. I don't. I'd much prefer a feisty Lady C or an arrogant David Oldfield or even a crusty Tom Arnold. Hell, I'd even settle for an uncouth British Geordie Shaw reject at this stage. Blimey. But of this mob, Tony Perrin is proving to be gorgeous. A wonderful mother figure. She really is, in all seriousness, your quintessential good Aussie girl. She is lovely. So we thought it was time to reflect back on Tony's one and only offering to the pop gods, her 1994 album Intimate. Look, this is a reasonable attempt to make an imitation Lisa Stansfield record. It's really not too bad. It's very of its time. And although Tony has a sweet pop image, her vocals really prove far too thin to carry this record off. Most of the tracks sound like they've been demoed by a session singer in preparation for the real vocalist to come in and record. There is no character in Tony's voice. It lacks soul. And that's the problem, since the majority of songs on Intimate aim to be soulful. I truly believe there are some tracks here which could have been international hits if they were delivered by a more competent vocalist. However, when the track is designed to be unadulterated pop, Tony pulls it off well and truly. And here I'm talking specifically of In Your Room and I Want You, two of the four singles which were released from this album. Joining me for this review, Lee and Josh from the UK, who have absolutely no local knowledge of Tony Perrin, so hopefully their views can count as totally objective, unlike mine. G'day, Lee and Josh. G'day. It's really good to have you on. Josh, a first-time podcaster. Our listeners won't recognise your voice, but soon they will. Lee, you've spent the past week or so tunnelling your way down a Tony Perrin YouTube hole with your flashlight in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what you've found. I, I have, yeah, I have ne- I until you kind of said we're going to do this, I have never heard of this lady, but when I kind of like, sort of like dug a little bit deeper, I was like, oh, I know who you are, because like decades ago, she was in Home and Away, wasn't she, as a child actress, so I was like, oh, I do recognise you, but then after that, absolutely nothing, um, but yeah, I, I listened to the album and I wasn't quite pleasantly surprised. I, you know, I I was going to say Lisa Stansfield. I was going to say Dina Carroll. Um, some of the videos remind me a little bit of Danny Minogue. I'm going out there and saying it, but yeah. Welcome to the show, Josh. You've been listening to this album too. What have you made of it? Um, I did actually... Um... I did. I couldn't think of the person that you were actually thinking about, and then I did remember, as you said in the intro, Lisa Stansford. It did remind me of her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it also, I got some of the songs reminded me of um, Gabrielle as well, and some of the songs 
sound actually similar to songs by other artists, that's how I felt. I did find it was a bit generic, but I'm coming from a younger person, so... <laughs> I did Google her, I didn't watch any of the videos, I just listened to the album. Lee, isn't it a shame that Josh missed out on the videos, because they are some treasures. They are, they are like... She went, I want to be Kylie in Rhythm of Love, make me those videos, and um, they kind of did but not with the budget. <laughs> when I watch In Your Room, the video clip for that, I just, I don't know why, because it's not quiet, but it reminds me just so much of Danny Minogue and those hot pants, OMG, way before Kylie even probably made hot pants particularly famous. Oh no, that's not true. Kylie had well and truly made hot pants famous by then, but these are pretty uh, revealing. Yeah, they were. There was no doubting that, you know, she perhaps wasn't wearing the thickest of underpants underneath those those <laughs> hot pants um, um yeah or any or any at all um yeah i do you know and in some of the i don't know which video clip it was um she reminded me of gina g that kind of look I love the video clips. I think they're really fun. Um, and if you want a classic sense of... If you want every 1990s video clip trick in three minutes, go and watch a Tony Perrin video clip because you've got those images that are reversed on each other. You've got the kaleidoscope type of effect. You've got every filter known to man. You've got Tony dancing with herself. It's everything that the 90s brought up that was good and bad in video clips can be found in just one of hers. <laughs> Mm, lots of green screen, wasn't there? Lots of lots of kind of blobs dancing behind her. Intimate, also known by its full title, Tony Perrin's Intimate album, is a debut album. It was recorded throughout 92 and 93, released in 94. The album spawned two top 10 singles and a top and a third top 40 single. At the time her music career commenced, Perrin had been a popular cast member in the Australian drama series E Street, which I can't wait to tell you both about because if you haven't watched it, oh yes, you have to know a little bit about it. She was one of many Australian actresses, of course, who ventured into a music career following soapy success. The first, of course, being our friend Kylie Minogue, but my goodness, were there others? Danny Minogue. Uh, there was Perrin's E Street co-star, Melissa DeCouts, who I love. If you've never looked up Melissa DeCouts, very short-lived career, but oh, excellent stuff. And then, of course, there were the Blakely twins. Even Harold and Madge had a crack at, at, at a, a, a UK hit, I have to say. Wasn't, um, sorry, Tim, wasn't Natalie and Bruglia in Neighbours as well? Thank you, Josh. Natalie and Bruglia, how do we... See, I was sort of looking at the, the flash in the pan ones, but Natalie had quite a, a large amount of success. Where is she now, of course? But yes, you're right, she's Josh. she's over here now. You lost her, I think. But I think she married... I have a feeling Natalie married a billionaire. A lot of Australian soapy actresses go on to marry billionaires. There was um, Melissa George, uh, Natalie. I'm sure she's married to someone super rich or was. We have a way about us, us Australians. We know how to social climb. <laughs> there were four singles released from Intimate. The first single was In Your Room, which peaked at number 10 in the Australian charts. The second single, I Want You, also peaked at number 10. There was a third single, Walk Away Lover, which Lee's going to tell us a little bit about in a minute. Some interesting tidbits there. That peaked at number 35. And the fourth and final single, Joy, was released in March of 95, and that peaked at number 71. Interestingly, the album, Intimate, peaked at number 56 
which I think was its first week of release, and then it just went downhill from there. So far, this is the only album released by Perrin. As she later became a TV personality, she hosted Australia's Funniest Home Videos for many years. Lee, it's hard to find writing credits for this album, but what I find interesting is Tony herself is listed, as far as I can see, as a composer. And I also read an interview where she said she was looking forward to writing more music, which sort of implied to me, I have to put the pieces together, that she actually might have written uh, in the past in some of these tracks. And I would be very impressed if she wrote any of the tracks on Intimate, because as I say, I find the tracks themselves are sometimes quite good, but the delivery is lacklustre. Maybe she could turn her hand to songwriting or something. Ooh, harsh. <laughs> well, when she when she's finished having her face bitten off by snakes, then quite possibly she could channel that into a song. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Anyone who's tuned into this video and this podcast will know that she's just been on the Jungle Show, still in there. Yes, and that was that caused quite an outrage, actually, that the show let it go on. She was bitten, I think, six times on the face by snakes. I, d- I looked at the clip. Yeah, that was not good. We, we have the same show over in this country, but I don't think I've ever seen a celebrity mauled by a snake that many times no, before. No, I've seen, I can't remember, on I'm a Celebrity, there was someone whose hand got bitten by one. I can't remember who it was now. I think it was Sean Ryder, was it? He got Quite attacked possible. by a snake on the hand. But I think, no, we've never had a face. I've never seen that anyway. That snake died afterwards about after biting Sean Ryder because his his blood levels are just pure, pure narcotics. <laughs> yes. The snake had an overdose. <laughs> All right, let's be really fair to this album. What were the highlights and the lowlights for you both? Um, I liked Desperately, actually. I thought it was a bit darker and a bit more experimental. I did enjoy it. And also Walk Away Lover as well. I liked that one. But um, a lot of it was a bit generic for me personally. There was nothing else that really stood out. And I think one of the songs, which was Joy, I felt like was a bit of a Danny Minogue reject. I'm not going to be funny. I'm going to take you up on Desperately there. I had that down as one of my lowlights. I mean, it, I found it a little bit tragic. It, it, her vocals, they really didn't happen on this. They're totally drowned out. To be fair to her, I think the vocal production is just as bad as the delivery, to be honest. Listen to Desperately, everyone, and tell me, leave a comment. Do you feel that she's actually there on this track? Barely. What about you, Lee? What did you make of this album? What, what stood out? Well, it's a pleasant album. A kind of the first four or five tracks, I was like listening, going, you know, if it was sunny and I was in the car with the window down, they would be really pleasant. There's nothing that kind of massively stands out. I agree with you about her voice. It is very thin. Um, for me, I liked In Your Room and I liked Walk Away Lover. The rest of the tracks, kind of towards the end, the ballads for me kind of just didn't really do it. From, they kind of fizzled out. I think by the time Raining in My Heart was on, I'd, I'd lost lost interest. There's a song on this album called If I Ever Lose This Heaven. It sounds like the opening of a happy family 80s sitcom. And I want somebody who's feeling creative to actually go and get the opening sequence of Family Ties, take out the original audio and replace it with If I Ever Lose This Heaven. I guarantee you, you'll have a, a hit sitcom on your hands. <laughs> 
I think since I went quite deep into this album, I'm going to note that there's actually a very clumsy key change on that track as well, done without any finesse at all towards the end of the track. Like I said, I actually I enjoyed the album though. If that hasn't come across, please let it because I enjoyed the album. I've listened to it six or seven times. It's not too bad. Tell us about Walk Away Lover, Lee, because you told me something fascinating about that. Yeah, well, when I was listening to it, I was like, I'm sure I've heard this song before, Walk Away Lover. And I'm like, oh, it's really, really annoying me. So I Googled it. And originally, Walk Away Lover was recorded by um, a British singer called Sonia who initially started off with Stock Aitken and Waterman, and it was a it was a track on her second album. Um, and her version is very kind of Motown-y, um, sort of 60s pastiche, whereas um, the, the version that Tony did is kind of sort of quite Euro-poppy. Um, but yeah, it was. It was written f- for Sonia, but then offered to Tony for her album. Can I teach you both a little bit about who Tony Perrin is? Yeah, Please. yeah. Yeah. Okay, she was born in 1972 in Cronulla, which is in New South Wales. She's uh, labelled an Australian actress, singer, songwriter and TV presenter. She initially became recognisable through her soap role on E Street. That's why I'm interested that you both have mentioned Home and Away with her because if that's true, it's true, but I don't recall her on Home and Away. I recall her on E Street. Now, E Street was born out of a show called Richmond Hill, which I still know is on repeat in the UK. Richmond Hill was um, the big production that came along on the back of Neighbours, which spawned Home and Away, of course, because Neighbours was... No one can ever describe how big Neighbours was, not only in terms of its success, but in terms of what it meant to people who tuned in every day. You were part of their family. It was a very important show for a lot of people, very fun escapism, really. So it spawned a whole heap of other soapies over here especially so we could sell them to you guys over there because you were lapping them up as much as we were. So Richmond Hill came along. It didn't do particularly well, but then they canned that and instantly replaced it with something called E Street. Now, Britain and Australia are pretty much the same. We don't we do soapies that are a little bit gritty and real. They're not very often absolutely ridiculous, like Bold and the Beautiful from the US, for example. E Street was Australia's bold and the beautiful it was bloody stupid and absolutely ridiculous and so entertaining and so fun now there was a lady called penny cook in australia she was on a country practice very respected actress sadly she's passed away now she was a vet in a country practice and very creatively they brought her over to be a doctor in east street and i'm pretty sure she wore the same white coat Tony Perrin was brought in to live with Dr. Ellie on E Street. <laughs> this is going really badly. It's the, I'm sounding like one of those people who watch their stories every day. But you just you have to look up E Street because it was like the most ridiculous storylines you've ever seen. People coming back from the dead, hands coming up from graves, and Mr. Bad, which is infamous in Australia. Mr. Bad, um, when it started to lose its ratings, they brought in a serial killer called Mr. Bad who... I don't even know if they resolved it by the end, but yeah, everyone, all the big characters got knocked off one by one. But then, of course, half of them came back miraculously. So it was quite a fascinating show. Tony Perrin, the point of this story, was born from E Street. Tony Perrin is also very, very good friends with Kim Wilson. Kim Wilson is a uh, quite a well-known Australian actress who was very good friends with Michael Hutchins and was one of the last people, possibly the last person to ever talk with Michael Hutchins before he uh, had his suicide in Sydney. 
So there's a bit of a loop with celebrities. There you go. There's always a link somewhere along the line. So Tony Perrin is linked in with that sort of hardcore group of Australian actresses and actors who were around in the late 80s and 90s. There were a lot of starlets and people who went on to do great things. Mm. Mm. Was there a character in E Street that had a really bad fake moustache? Oh, there's always a character with a really... And I think it's usually the lead female in Australian soaps, too. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be a bad moustache, but it, you could tell that it, it was a bad moustache. <laughs> I've just got Tom Selleck stuck in my head now. Uh, so Tony Perrin went on to host Australia's Funniest Home Videos for years. That's what she's probably best known as in Australia, a host of that show. And she competed on the eighth season of Dancing with the Stars. She dated her Home and Away co-star Matt Stevenson in 94. So there's the confirmation that she was on Home and Away. Yeah, I think she played a schoolgirl in Home and Away. Yeah, I remember it well. And if she was a schoolgirl on Home and Away, then that inevitably means that she'll come back as the school principal at some stage. <laughs> yes, she will, yes. So on the personal front, in late 2006, Perrin was engaged to her longtime boyfriend, Will Osman. Now, he's a bankrupted ex-co-owner of a Darling Harbour restaurant. Darling Harbour's a, a very famous precinct in Sydney. And Tony gave birth to her son, Lucky, in 2009, and her daughter, Eva, in 2012. What I find interesting is that she's in that jungle and her children are, you know, really quite young. I can't imagine how tough she must be doing it uh, to be in that jungle separated from her children, who must be around 11 and 8 from what I can tell. That would be really hard. No wonder she's crying a lot in the jungle at the moment. The Time to Talk show is a podcast made by passionate amateurs who simply love pop culture. Unlike other podcasts, we can't raise revenue through traditional advertising, so we rely on the support of our listeners to keep us going. If you'd like to make a donation to Time to Talk, click on the link in the description. Your support will help with our production costs and allow us to keep bringing you content that celebrates, honours and skewers the very best and worst in the world of popular music, film, trends and culture. Thank you for enjoying our shows. We absolutely love our growing legion of loyal listeners. I can imagine after this stint in the jungle, we're going to get Intimate Part 2. What's a good follow-up for an album called Intimate? Oh, I don't know. Without being smutty, I can't think of something. (laughs) Um. (laughs) After her snake incident, she could call it Venomous or something. Yes. Yeah, or Shedding. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) <laughs> shedding my skin yes <laughs> oh dear see tony you only need listen to this podcast for all the ideas you need to get your career back on track it's a really interesting point so i know you don't get it there and you're not watching the show but i'm sure a lot of people must be thinking what i am every time there is a campfire song because there's always a few singers in there and they're singing amazing grace around the campfire and she never ever joins in any of the songs oh. i find that interesting I've got to say, too, one thing I do know about Tony Perrin is she has opened her own talent school, which is quite successful. So if she was here and and she heard me saying, look, she hasn't been doing much, she has. She's got her own talent school, and as far as I know, it's quite successful. I have a feeling it might be in Melbourne. Would you recommend this album, Josh, for people to listen to? Um, 
personally know I did think it was a bit generic and there even though there were songs that I liked on there nothing did really stand out but I just wasn't I just really wouldn't recommend it to someone if you're looking for a bit of a cheesy sort of look at people who didn't couldn't really sing but wanted to I'd go for this personally <laughs> so it has to be a very specific reason for yeah. Josh to recommend you putting this on <laughs> I love that. And Lee, would you tell people to put it on? Because, you know, I don't think you're being entirely honest. I think you like this album. I don't mind it. It's fine. If I'd never heard it, I don't think I would be missing out on anything. Yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to get it. I wouldn't be buying it for 50 quid off Amazon, which is what it's going for. (gasps) You're joking me. In the UK, that's what it said. Physical copy, 50 quid. So there you go. Our UK friends say... Probably don't bother with this album, but look forward to Tony Perrin's next offering after she exits the jungle. Thanks for your time, friends, and thanks for listening to Time to Talk.